Watch this. Hello and welcome back to the Cookie Jar Golf Podcast. I am Sam Williams and today we've got a special guest interview lined up with Richard Bland. Uh, Richard's been someone we've been keen to get on the pod for for a while now. 2021 has obviously been an incredible season for him. Um, Notably picking up his maiden tour victory at the Belfry in May. Uh, And he is currently the oldest person to do that on 478 attempts of trying. And uh, uh, that's kind of kick-started a really just a stellar year from him. He led the US Open after 36 holes at Toy Pines. Um, he's notched up ten top te- uh, nine top tens rather in 2021. And it's just a really interesting kind of discussion with him. We talk a little bit about his relationship with Tim Barter. We talk about equipment. We talk about, you know, joining the game in, in sort of 1996 when he first turned pro right through to today. And, and along the way, you know, Richard's had to regain his tour card on a number of times, which he's done through the Challenge Tour and Q School. Um, and it's just a really good good discussion. Um, Richard's kind of really, really kind of down-to-earth guy, you know, talks a lot about, you know, what he's working on with Tim, his game, you know, and amazingly, you kind of get the sense, I, always, I, I think with Richard, that he, he just absolutely loves beating balls. And uh, in that sense, there was no one better to get on the pod uh we're really glad richard gave us our time we think it's a really good podcast so we hope you enjoy richard richard bland welcome to the cookie jar golf podcast how are you doing yeah i'm well thanks for having me yes uh you know we've been trying to get this uh sorted in the diary for a while so yeah nice to nice to finally get it get it uh done and um yeah hopefully the, the listeners will enjoy it Absolutely. Well, it's a, the pleasure is all ours. Um, you've been a bit busy. You've been under the surgeon's knife, I see, mm. recently. Just give us a little bit of background on on that. Yeah, yeah. I had a torn meniscus. Um, I had my right knee down about eight years ago. Um, and to be uh, to be honest with you, I was playing most of the year with it. Uh, uh, but it wasn't it wasn't affecting hitting any balls or anything like that. But just just be you know, playing on it the whole year. Uh, the last sort of three or four events, it was getting quite sore. Um, the walking, it was still no pain hitting shots, so that's why I could still play. Um, but, uh, yeah, I couldn't, you know, I, I was struggling to walk around, you know, at the end of every day, it was pretty sore. And um, But, yeah, it needed to be done. Um, so, yeah, I'm about two and a half weeks out of surgery now. Um, but it's, it's gone great. Um, you know, I've done a lot of rehab. Um, and, yeah, I hit balls for the first time today, which is great, a real sort of boost you know, just for the sort of morale and, and to know that it's okay. Uh, okay. I haven't hit anything of any distance. I think the longest I hit was about 120 yards and I only hit maybe 25, 30 balls, you know, just to see how it was. And hopefully I don't get a reaction, which I haven't done. Uh, and yeah, the knee was fine. It was absolutely, you know, you kind of feel like, oh, I could do an awful lot more, but I, I only literally took four clubs up to the Wisley because uh, I, I know what I'm like. If it feels okay, I'd, I'd want to be hitting five irons and start waving on drivers. Yeah. With the driver. So I thought, well, if I haven't got those clubs there, then I can't hit them. So I literally just took three or four clubs. And uh, and yeah, you know what? I'll just build it and build it now, just slowly, slowly. I'm still in no rush to get back up to full speed or anything like that. Uh, it's more just, you know, still taking it day by day on how it feels and, and go from there. You, you, we'll get into your season and and everything shortly, but you touched on it there and said the temptation is to take the five iron and start hitting mm. loads more balls. You, you're 48, I believe, Richard, and yeah. you still get the you still get the urge to to still chop your oh, way yeah, through yeah, some yeah, pyramids you know, of I, balls. I, yeah, I think uh, I think you know, I think any professional sportsman will probably not the most patient person in the world, and uh, and, and you know, I, you know, and I think. Um, yeah, especially kind of at my age, you know, I'm, I'm nearly 49 now. I'm 49 in a couple of months. So the, the, the temptation is there to just dive straight in at the deep end. And, you know, I, di- I didn't want to do that. Um, it was just purely right. You know what? I'm in no rush. I've still got five weeks until the next event. Sorry. So I've still got five weeks. Um, and, yeah, so it was just see how it goes. And, and, you know, I'll do a little bit more again tomorrow and just and just build it gradually. Um, you know, so I, I still think I'm probably a week away from hitting a driver with with kind of full confidence. Uh, 
Uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm fine with that. You know, that, that that's, you know, I haven't got an it's issue. It's a perfect time, isn't it? It's perfect time yeah. for, to get this stuff out of the way with. Um, uh, uh, you're obviously on to talk about what's been an incredible year for you. You know, before we start diving into it, how, how do you summarize 2021 to your family and your loved ones and your friends and stuff? You know, what does it mean? To uh, you? Yeah, it's been, it, yeah, it's been pretty average. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> no, 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 it's been, it's been, a, you know, you, obviously, you know, when, when sort of January one comes around every year, of course, you know, you want, you want it to be a good year as everybody does, no matter what you do uh, in, in life, you know, whether it's, professionally personally or anything i know we've all been struggling with with a lot of things with the pandemic and you know it looks like we're going to be going through that for a little while longer but uh you know i i couldn't envision what what's happened this year you know back you know 12 months ago uh, yeah my main aim at 48 was really was right okay if i can if i can play until i'm 50 um yeah so my main aim was really just right just secure your card um, you know, if I can stay competitive until I decide to go and play senior tour or champions tour in America, that then that was that was really my my main aim because that was where my my sort of focus was starting to sort of shift to. Um, and yeah, and yeah, it was just one of those summers that yeah you kind of dream of really. You know, just everything I touched sort of turned to gold, and uh, it, yeah, it's just one I'll remember for the rest of my life. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of people that watched. The, it was a Saturday finish, wasn't it? I seem to remember yeah, at the Belfry. Yeah. I can't remember why, but it was a Saturday um, and it was a pretty grim, miserable day. You know, the weather was coming down. The Belfries are soft as pudding, as we all know anyway. So mm. it was, you know, you guys were um, really slogging it out there on the final day. And, you know, what I watched a little bit of it back, actually, kind of in preparation for this. And the putter caught fire, didn't it, on the back nine? Yeah. And they were going in from everywhere. And it was just an, an incredible sort of closing nine, you, you know, great performance all week. But I, I sense that actually, you know, you were, your form was trending in that direction anyway mm. for some time. It wasn't actually just turning up that one week at the Belfry, was it? It was, you know, kind of felt like the results have been coming good for, for, for a good year or so. Yeah, you know, when we came out of lockdown, um, you know, the first time back in 2020, yeah, I, I, I played pretty good uh, the last sort of five months of the year, whatever we had. You know, I think I only maybe missed one cut, I think, um, out of everything we played. And I got myself in, you know, some pretty good uh, positions going into the weekend. You know, obviously it didn't go my way. Um but yeah, you know, I, I played, I played really solid, and then you know, I came out the start of the year. I've never really been a sort of early year player. Uh, it's always been kind of probably from May, June, July onwards. I tend to play my better golf. I don't know why. Is that schedule? Uh, that, I don't is know. That kind of you know, you're on a, yeah, I don't know. Just the Middle East has never really been a sort of happy hunting ground for me. Um, uh, why I don't know. You know, it's warm. You know, that normally would. You know, being a little bit older, that should suit me because, uh, you know, I was in my sort of brittle bones. They tend to work a little bit better <laughs> when it's warmer. Um, but yeah, I've just never really been a, an early form player. It's it's. I've kind of been. I've sort of built up uh, through the year, um, and it was kind of a bit of the case of that. This year as well, you know, I, I had a couple of decent results. Uh, but yeah, you know, we played five five events because we, you know, it was still tough to travel. So we played sort of, I think it was in Austria and then Grand Canary and then two in Tenerife. And you know, I'd had a top 10. I finished, I had a good Sunday uh, in the last event in in Tenerife. I think I shot 65, I think, on Sunday um, before British Masters. So yeah, I... I you know, I felt like I was playing all right. Um, you know, Tenerife was not really my kind of course. It was a bit of a bomber's paradise. I, I was, was, wasn't really expecting to do that well around there. Um, but it was nice to finish sort of that trip off well. And I, and I still think the key thing for me going into the British Masters is I came home. A lot of guys just went straight from the airport to the hotel, but I decided to come home. My my girlfriend, Kate, she came and picked me up. She drove up to Birmingham airport at like two in the morning to pick us up. Well, and I tested, right. I tested and then went home and we got home about four o'clock in the morning. And then I drove back to the Belfry the next day at about midday. 
uh, and just played nine holes. And I think, I just think for me, getting home, sort of drawing a bit of a line under the sand of, of those events just kind of hit the reset button for me. And I still think that's, obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing, but I think if I'd have just stayed at the hotel, I don't think I'd be probably sat here talking to you now with what's gone on. Maybe really? I would, I don't know, but I just, for me, that made a, a huge difference just to be able to sleep in your own bed for a night and, and just have like, you know, half a day at home. It, for me, that was, you know, that, that, that was, I think that was a big thing. And that's the trick, isn't it? On the European tour is it's country to country so much that, you know, sometimes it, you need that kind of little bit of, you know, reset buttons. Yeah. Yours, and, yours. and out of the, out of the pandemic, we've always had that, you know, because I live 20 minutes from Heathrow or Gatwick, you can always get home, but mm. because no travel has been so difficult the last sort of two years, wherever you've had to go, you've probably doing doing three, four weeks stints, even in Europe. And I find that incredibly difficult. I always do like to get home in Europe between events just to go, right. Okay. That's that week done. Mm. And then I can just pack my bag and off I go again on a Tuesday. Um, and not being able to do that. It's, it's been really sort of, you know, quite difficult on the mental side of it. You're just Christ for only an hour and a half flight from home, but you can't get home because it's yeah, no it feels flights. like a world away, doesn't it? Everything. Feels yeah, it so does. You know, it, you know, I'm not sort of, I was happy that we were back playing. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people have, uh, you know, I've had a lot of, a lot tougher time than, than us golfers have. And, uh, you know, and I'll always be grateful for that, but, uh, um, but yeah, out of sort of COVID times, it's always important for me just to get home, even if it's for half a day. That, that for me is, is, it's all is the difference, big, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, and you had a, I mean, you obviously put in a, you know, great performance all week going into the last day was really bunched. Just give me a, just give us a sort of little sense or a flavor for what that back nine was like for you, because you know, you've got to take me there. You know, you, you, it's a good opportunity for the, for the maiden mm. victory. Um, you know, you've, you've got other people nearby people like Bob Mack who have probably got, you know, years ahead of them where there's going to be more wins that are going to come. And yeah. you know, how much is this playing in your mind where you're thinking this is probably the chance to get it done? Um, you know, I think, I think with nine holes to play, you know, you, you, you know, I knew I was in there, you know, I made a great pass save at nine. I hold about a, about a 12 footer for a par at nine, uh, which was a real sort of like momentum keeper, you know, and then I go on to birdie 10, which then yeah. you kind of like look back. That really was a huge, in the grand scheme of things, you know, uh, you know, I hold a couple of good putts coming in. Um, but that was, that was probably one of the most important parts of the day. Uh, and it, you know, it had about, I remember it had about eight or nine inches of break on it as well. You know, it was one of those that you, you out of 10, you probably only maybe hold two or three times. Um, so then to, to hold that and then go birdie 10 was, was huge. Um, and I think that kind of just kept my momentum and set me up for the back nine because the weather was, was starting to come in, you know, around 11, 12, 13, you know, I, I probably, because I was an hour, a good hour, of maybe an hour and a half ahead of the leaders. Yeah, I probably played that back nine in the, in the tougher weather. I know they went through that weather as well. Of course they did because they were out there. But, um, you know, whole, the sort of par fives like 15, 17, you know, yeah. and playing the last, they, they were tough holes. Um, so, I, you know, I probably played those, you know, the, the holes where you think, right, okay, you can take advantage when the weather was at its worst. Um, so, um, but you've but actually yeah, raked one really, in for you know, I, wasn't 12, really, I was trying to keep that out of my mind as much as I could, that, you know, this yeah. could be the time, you know, I think, I, I think probably, yeah, looking back on previous attempts to win tournaments, I, I've probably put too much pressure on myself that, right, well, this could be it. This could be it. And you get, and you, you get out of your, you get out of, your focus is what's got you there. Uh, and, and I didn't do that this time, not for a second, or if I did, or if I did kind of feel myself, you know, all oh, right. Okay. What am I going to say in my winner's speech here? You know, I, I just, I got myself out of it straight away and just got straight back into the mindset that I was in all day. And, and, and that's what got me through. Is the mind working towards a number there? Are you sort of going out thinking, you know, we need 66 to, to, to be in with a sniff here. Are you thinking, well, actually, yeah. You know, Tim texted me that on the Friday night. You know, he's never texted no me a score in 20 years. And he texted me, he said, <laughs> look, 
he said 69 is not going to get this done you need to shoot 66 Love it. um i don't know why he texted it to me I, I think he could because he knew looking at the stats that i was t to green i was head and shoulders above everybody else it was i wasn't holding enough putts you know and we, we we talked about it on the friday night uh and he just said, look, you know, you have to be that little bit more aggressive. He said, um, he said you know, putts are getting to the hole, of course, but they're not running at the hole. Um, so, uh, you know, I, th- I think Tim could see, you know, my tee to green game was, you know, I should have been probably six or seven ahead, really, if I'm being honest. And that's no disrespect to any other players. I'm sure other players could say, well, you could hold a putt here, could hold a putt there. But, I didn't realise until after the tournament I was a hundredth in putting that week. Yeah, no you, way. Normally, and that, normally that's sort of cool event. Normally, normally a guy that wins a tournament is probably in the top two or three of putting all week. Mm. So it just it shows you. You know, I was number one in T degree in literally every category that you could think of. Um. So. Uh, but you can yeah. roll it well, can't you? And and the putts don't drop. And you've played, oh, of course. you know, you're coming up to 500 events now, aren't you? I think. Mm. And yeah, you must have experienced this with days where you've just, you've rolled the ball good. It's not oh, going to just And how, you know, it's just so important, I guess, that all of a sudden it just clicks at the right time where the, where the hole just looks massive all of a sudden yeah. and they just start yeah, pouring in. You know, we've all had days where, you know, you, we've all had days where you can go, you know what, I can't miss and then, you know, playing at the race to Dubai, you know, I, I couldn't feel like I could hold a putt if I stood there for 24 hours. <laughs> you know, I'd hit a good putt. And, you know, if, if, if the pace was great, the line wasn't quite right. And then if, you know, if, if I didn't quite get the pace right or the line was right, the pace was wrong. It was, you know, it, I just, and then you kind of start looking, you, you start guess, uh, second guessing yourself. And, you know, you almost, stand and think, well, I, I just ain't going to hold this. But then, you, you you know, you can stand up. Sometimes you walk onto a green, you don't even look at the line, just get up there and hit it, and off it goes, and in it goes. Oh, mm. What's that about? Um, so, yeah, you, you know, I hold a couple of good putts earlier in the round, or I got the pace of the greens earlier uh, in the day on, on Saturday. And um, and like you say, the, you know, I hold a couple of nice ones, you know, on sort of certainly on 10, well, 9, 10, 12, um, 18 was a pretty, yeah, pretty 18, decent yeah. putt, I would say. That yeah. was, yeah, I mean, that's that's got to be the all time one, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that was, again, you know, it wasn't the easiest putt in the world. You know, the, the nice thing about it is it was, it was kind of mainly downhill, so I didn't have to worry too much about the pace. You know, it was just purely just right, just pick your line, trust it. And just set it off online. Uh, you know, all the all the work that we do on putting greens is, you know, a lot of it is just right. Can you set the ball off online? And that's that's why I just told myself, so look, just just set it off online. The pace is fine. Um, you know, I haven't really got to worry too much about that. Um, it was just, and yeah, fortunately I did, and yeah, you know, like I say, the rest is history. I guess. There's one shot I, I want to ask you about that week, um, and it's in the playoff. It's the it's the approach that you left with on uh, on 18. And I think I seem to recall the ball was buried down in a divot. You've had to absolutely mm. gouge away at it. Do you kind of get to that ball then and just think, this is hopeless. It's all against me. I mean, yeah, you know, I hit, you know, I hit the tee shot. Um, yeah, I was probably about 10 or 15 yards too far right of where I really wanted to go. Um, and um, I could see from the tee shot that it just looked like it had run out of fairway. Um, and uh, so you get up there and you know, obviously as I got closer, you can't really see a huge amount of the ball. Um, and the thing was, because it was preferred lies, you know, I was more worried that, you know, walking to the ball because I knew it probably just run out. I can't, I can't then prefer my lie that, you know, if there's some mud on it, you know, especially crossing water. Um, but then of course, then you get close and you can see that the ball was just sat down and then it was, it was just kind of in like a, cause it was still early in the year, May-ish, you know, sometimes your know, grass doesn't, you know, grows maybe at different speeds. It was mm-hmm. just got into where part where, you know, grass hadn't really grown. It's just like a bit of an old sort of, sort of depression. But the worst thing about it is it was at the back of the depression. So, and I had a, then a tuft of grass sort of sat right behind the ball. If it was at the front, so nearer the flag, probably wouldn't have been that bad. 
but because it was at the back, then I can't get I can't get the leading edge of the club sort of low enough on the ball. And it's but only two thirty carry as well, isn't it? I mean, it's not like you know, it's, yeah. You know, <laughs> so it, the thing was as well. You know, you're kind of like really. You now you're giving me this really, <laughs> um, but you know, once you've kind of okay, you know, you have that sort of like sort of yeah why me sort of for five seconds you know the right okay well I, i've got to hit the ball at some point i've got to you know i can't just say oh look you know what i'm not going to play from here you've got you've got to hit it so you, you, you soon sort of switch to right okay let's right how are we going to do this and, and and then it sort of simplified a lot of things yeah it took like certainly over certainly over water it took like long iron completely out of play because i just wouldn't have been able to get to the bottom of the ball and um, and get any elevation. So, unfortunately, I carry a five-wood, and uh, it really was the only shot. Um, and, After my own heart. Uh, yeah, and, and with um, with it being sort of cold and dampish, yeah, I knew it was never going to go like a, you know, it wasn't, you weren't going to get like full distance out of it, not out of that light. Uh, and, and it was just then, right, okay, just make the best contact you can, and just anything right at the hole was fine anything that stayed dry and anything <laughs> right at the hole because the pin was tight left. Right. Okay. I've got a shot. I can, I can still make four. Yeah. And, and that was the thing for me. Right. Okay. Well make sure, you know, don't just give it to him with a soft bogey here. Just make him make three. Yeah, mm. If you're going to lose, right. Okay. Make him win it. Um, yeah. Unfortunately it came out great. And Rest yeah, is history. You know, yeah. As we say, and you know that that kind of sets fire then to a, a really big season because you've mm. had an absolute fistful of top tens. You've had you know things like the U.S. Open where you know you've, you know have had a, a you know a great showing there again. You know, just just is there is there like a piece in here where almost you know winning sort of unlocks a level of confidence, or is it just actually the game was already there and we've we're just kind of continuing on the same stuff with Tim? What do you know? What sort of continues that trajectory for you if you will yeah i think obviously you get the confidence of winning of course you do um but yeah i knew my game was in very good shape um yeah and and i think you know winning just kind of cemented that feeling yeah i think i took um i think i took a week off um straight after the british masters uh and then went to denmark uh, and, 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 this, and I, I practiced a little bit towards the end of the week, um, but not, you know, I wasn't really sort of practicing as such as, you know, it was just really just, you know, cause I'd taken three or four or five days off. Uh, it was just right. Okay. Just get back swinging a club. When I got to Denmark, you know, the swing just felt exactly where I left it. Uh, but I think that's testament to the work that, you know, that, that Tim's done and, and, and we've both done that. I, I can do that. Even like today, I've not hit a ball for a month and, you know, it, just looking at it, you know, you think, okay, the lines of that look fine. Um, you know, and Tim called me um, just about something else. He said, oh, so I saw that video you put online. He said, he said, Chris, you don't need to see me. Um, I, was, I will, but I think that's just testament to the work that we've done over the years of just ingraining the right things for me. That it, it's, I've got a goal swing now that's very, very low maintenance. And that's, that partnership always, that's what I've always wanted. Yeah, I, if, if needed, yeah, I, I could go three, four months with not seeing Tim. If I was playing well and I felt like my game was good enough to compete and win, I wouldn't see Tim. And, and he's fine with that. He's at, he, he's, he never chases me. Do you, know, do you need to see me? Do you need to see me? I, I go to him. So if I, if I, you know, even if I'm swinging quite well, I will see him now and again, just to go, right, okay, I just want to make sure that all the, the, the basics and the fundamentals are there and, you know, posture's not sort of slipping out of place or anything like that. So, yeah, but as regards, if I think, right, you know what, I'm going to hit the ball as uh, what, how I want to hit it and I can hit the shots that I want to hit, I don't see him. Mm. And do you think that's a, a kind of a symptom of a 20-year partnership? You know, you kind of... Yeah, I think so. Level I, of I trust, think, don't you? You, know, you, st- you, st- you still see it on tour today. You can still see guys probably get overcoached. Yeah, I'm probably, you know, in fairness, I'm probably the other way. I pro- I'm probably undercoached. But that's mm. how I want to be. I want to understand my goal thing. I want to be able to fix it myself and, and know the nuts and bolts of it. Um, and, you know, so many times, you know, 
like with with Tim, you know, he'll come and see me at the Wisley and we'll hit balls, we'll video it, and I'll tell him what I think. I'll say, I think this, this, and this. And he'll go, yeah, that's exactly what I'm seeing. You know, so we're, we're very much, we're always on the same page. And that's what I want from a golf coach. Um, and, uh, you, know, to, uh, you know, he's not the best coach in the world, but he's the best coach in the world for me. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what means everything to me. And, you know, I think Tim is one of the best coaches in the world. You know, he'll say he's not, <laughs> but to me, he is. And, uh, you know, we've, we, we, we've got a great relationship, you know, professionally and, you know, off the golf course, you know, he's, he's, he's a very close friend of mine and, uh, uh, and that's something that, uh, you know, we will always be, no matter when I finish playing, you know, we'll always be close friends. Yeah. I mean, I think, and that's where, you know, even at an amateur level, right. You, you, people working with coaches because someone says that's the right person. And actually mm. it's so much in the dynamic between the partnership, because so much of this isn't like the communication and the way that, you know, feel is translated through, through language and stuff. Of course. It's, you talked there about overcoaching again, you know, benefit of, you know, 25 years experience out there on tour. You, do you kind of see guys week in, week out, oh, yeah, you see yeah. them on the range and think he's trying something new again. This guy's yeah, nice. or, 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 he's got know, the glove uh, under his el- under his armpit yeah. or he's got the, the tin cup gear out again. What's going on? Yeah. You know, you, know you, you kind of see it. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I can only, I only see what I see, but you see so many lads getting coached on sort of Wednesday afternoon. And, and sometimes I get that you need that, you know, if you're struggling, if you really are struggling with something and you can't do something, yeah, you might need your coach there more times than you, you would want to. Me personally, you know, I very, very rarely do I see Tim at a tournament. Very rare. And we, and we booked that's something that we've found out over the years. There's been times when he's come to see me, you know, I might've played on a Thursday morning, played quite nicely and he's just walking down the range because he's working with Sky and he'll stop and have a chat. And, you know, we, we've, you know, how'd you play this, that, and the other? Yeah. Okay. This, that. And, and I'll hit a couple of shots here and there, not just for, for him to have a look at, but you know, cause I'm just there and I'm hitting balls, but I'm not maybe fully focused. And you make a couple of sloppy swings and he'll just like, Oh, you know, it looks like this. It looks like that. The next thing I'm in a lesson and I don't want to be, <laughs> you know, and I've shot 73 the next day and I've gone home. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. And I, and, it can't, and I can't remember when it happened. I said, literally, I said, if you see me, you know, and you want to have a chat about how I played, fine, we'll, we'll go and have a coffee at the back of the range and we'll, we'll have a chat. I said, but I that is not going to happen again. You know, you're not going to come and then say, oh, all this, that, and the other. Just So we just basically said, right, you know, what works best for us is that I hardly see him at a tournament. I always do my work with him away from tournaments. If I feel I need to see him, you know, I'm struggling with something, then right, fine. I'll, I'll mm. see him. But it, normally now it's a 10 minute fix. It's just right. Okay. Oh, that's just slipped slightly. Right. Just, you know, just work on that. There's the drill for that. Right. Just do that for half an hour and you should be good to go. And it usually is. So, um, yeah, that's you what see we've it, always wanted. He's the same, you know, he just wants something that's as low maintenance as you possibly can. Yeah, he always tries to say he's trying to make himself redundant. Yeah, so that you don't need to be coached. Your golf swing just it looks after itself in a lot of ways. Mm. You you do see a lot of it, don't you? You see players, you know, finishing, beating balls on a Saturday night, going into a Sunday, working on new moves, and you're just thinking, you know, <laughs> you just know there's a 76 around the corner on yeah, this. Yeah, you know, it, I, you know, there's times when that needs to happen. Of course, I'm not, I'm not suggesting it doesn't or if you've played poorly on the Saturday you know you're, or you've hit a certain shot that you just don't like and you, you're trying to stop okay you know what you might go and just write you might go and do a few drills I've done it and I still and I would do it next week if that was the case mm. you know if I felt like after a round you know what I need to you know I can't stop hitting it right or something like that you know what I'll, I'll go and work on it because that's what it needs you know something needs to be slightly fixed um, but I, I'm a big advocate that, you know, if it ain't broke, then yeah, certainly don't try and fix it. I'm, I'm, I want to talk a little bit about the US Open, if that's okay. You spent 
You had um, you obviously led after thirty six holes in that. The Americans would have been going absolutely wild with the headlines, going, "Who is this Richard Bland?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's, but you'd 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 hit the ball. I mean, it, off the tee, it was on frozen rope, wasn't it? it was yeah. Sort of, you know, it, it was. You know, it's a really demanding test, tee to green, toy pines. How do you look back on the U.S. Open? Because, but you know, it was obviously a, a you know a difficult weekend. Mm. How how do you look back on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. First, yeah, first it was a bit of a game of two halves, I guess. Um, yeah, like you say, the first two days, like you know, everybody talks of the US Open, it's the toughest driving examination you'll, you'll face all year. And it is, but I, I didn't think I could miss. I, I thought the fair was quite wide. It was just because I literally, I couldn't miss a fairway if I tried. Um, <laughs> that, but that's how good my, my golf swing felt with the driver and with everything else. Um, and yeah, I played fantastic Friday morning. Um, I think I got, I think I finished five, but I got it to six. Um, and then, yeah, then you kind of have to sit on the lead for the first time ever in a major for best part of 24 hours. And then the course was just completely different on Saturday. I mean, and that, it just, the test was completely different. You know, when I played at like 10 past seven on Saturday morning, it was, it was gettable. Even though I played very, very well, don't get me wrong, but the course was gettable. Uh, and then you go out and then the greens are just, you know, complete played completely different. You, um, even just with a hundred yard shot, the, 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 the greens were releasing probably eight, nine yards. And even really? though the weekend I actually played, actually, I still drove the ball very well. Even at the weekends, I still think I hit. I, I think I hit ten fairways at both days, mm. but I, I just got on the back foot with with the second shots and probably got a little bit too defensive and uh, and it just wears you down. If 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 you just drop a couple of shots early, um, it just wears you down because you you stand thinking, well, where am I going to make a break? <laughs> it, it's um, especially when the course gets really firm and fast. Um, yeah, you just, well, okay. It doesn't matter how, whenever you play US Open, if you you stand on every hole and someone offers you a par, you pick it up and walk to the next. doesn't matter if it's a 300-yard par four. You'd still probably think about it. Um, and, yeah, it just, I just can't, you know, you probably look at it, I just got US Open. Um, I'm, not the, I'm not the first person. I certainly won't be the last. But I think the main thing that I took out of that week was that, you know, when my when I have my game, you know, when I feel right, you know what, my game is in good shape and I like the way I'm playing and I'm doing everything well, it stacks up against the best in the world. And it's proof that. Okay, I didn't mm. prove it over four rounds of golf, but I proved it over two. Um and it, and that's that's a great feeling to have. So I came away, okay, I was disappointed, of course. You know, that the golfer in me is his pride is hurt, of course. Um, but you know, when you look at it and you look at the take the positives from it, I thought, you know what? When my game's there, it stacks up. And that was a huge, huge plus for me. Very big plus. It must be tense sleeping with the lead on the US Open. I've got a funny feeling that's something I can probably only ever dream of. And I'll yeah. I'll just have to spend my life imagining. But as a viewer, you just don't legislate for how, how fast they turn those greens and how firm they make them yeah, because yeah, they push the them to the, the edge, the, don't the they? The thing is with the US Open, even like you can't you can't fake it even for nine holes because it will find you <laughs> out. Even on a even on a Thursday, you can't yeah, you might have nine holes where you hit it around a bit and you you know, and you hold two thirty two or three thirty footers for par and stuff like that. But a US Open will just find you out. <laughs> it will. Um so even the first two days. You can't just you don't get to five or six under par because you you know you you're missing fairways and you're missing greens and you're up and down and it you know for out ball washers you've got to you've got to hit quality shots mm. so I think that was the thing even though it was the first two rounds it's still the pressure of a U.S. Open that right every single shot there's double bogey just round the corner and and one poor shot can do that you can take double in, in a blink of an eye, uh, even on Thursday, because the, yeah, they, 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 that's the thing with amazing. They, they don't just, oh, there you go. They don't just hand it to you on a plate, and especially the USGA. We all know some of their course setups get a little um, interesting, let's say. Um, 
So even even from even from the get go, they don't they don't just write okay, well we'll give you we'll give you a day just to ease your new boys in. You know these are these are the four biggest tournaments in the world. So right, yeah, you've got to you've got to have your A game right from the word go. Um, you they know, push uh, it, don't they? they of they, course, they do push course. it hard, and and it, and and it, it ends up rewarding the bombers because, like you say, you've got a you know you've got a green that's like a car park, and you, you know. Yeah. You've got you've got guys in the field that have got, you know, significant distance advantage. They're younger, they you know, you people like, you know, John Rahm, people like Bryce and sending it so far that actually they can kind of attack those pins a little bit more. And it does it, you know, it kind of marginalizes things a little bit, doesn't it, I think, for for certain yeah, certain people. You know, but um you know, it's 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 it is the same test for everybody. Um and yeah, it, it didn't go my way at the weekend, and that's fine. You know, I I, I gave every shot a hundred percent. You know, and it wasn't it wasn't for the fact that I kind of folded under the pressure. You know, I started quite nicely on Saturday. You know, I think I was level par through about six holes or something like that. So mm. it wasn't like I I, I you know I, I buckled from the word go, and I was five over after three holes. You know, it just kind of like, you know, I think I was one over through 10, so I'm still right in there. And it just, like, it's just, worth, like, you down. just a shot here or there, you just, you're just just 5% out and, and you and you make bogey. And the thing is, is once you start and get sort of in a year's open, once you start getting that sort of two, three over part and you just start leaking that oil a little bit, it, it's just very difficult because you don't sort of think, oh, well, there's – there's three good birdie chances coming in and, you know, just right, just steady the ship with a couple of pars and right. Okay. You can maybe get back to level par or something like that. It's just right. Okay. Well, where is a chance? Really? Yeah, you're just trying to get home. Yeah. You know, you're just right. Okay. Just get it to the house with as little as damage as you can. And, <laughs> um, and it's just, it's just a brutal, brutal test. Yeah. And, and the last six holes on Sunday, I was, I was fried. I was absolutely fried mentally. Because it just every single time you you kind of um, even you know when you've got a thirty foot putt and you're putting on greens that are probably thirteen on the stint meter, it's not like you just knock it up to six inches and tap it in. It's always three four feet, so you've always got that next one to like you know concentrate on, and it just wears you down. It does. Um, but it was a great experience and I, I loved every minute of it. That's, that's why we play the game. I suppose a, probably a pretty good insight as well into, you know, the, the, the guys that are coming through now and, you know, 25 years ago, you, you started playing professional golf. I got, mm. you know, it's a different world we're in now, I guess. I, I'm kind yeah. of thinking an 18 year old Richard Bland, you know, coming hot off the onto the scene in 2021, it's a it's an altogether different different game, right? Do you kind of feel that when you go to weeks like that, or? Oh yeah, you... yeah, definitely. You know, you you look at the you look at the guys now; they're just you know, they're all bombers, and they yeah, you know, and they they can fit through the gra- uh, fit through the gap of the door. It's not like they're you know muscle bound or anything like that, but they're just they're just taught differently now. They they are just right from the word go. It's just hit it as far as you can. You know, straighten it out later, but just hit it as far as you can. So that's what they are sort of bred to do. You, know, you see some of these guys, you know, the Hogards, uh, Min Woo Lee. Yeah, you know, they're not they're not big guys, but geez, do they move it? Oh, Wilco, Wilco, Nino, Wilco you know, Nino, but yeah, you know, he's again, he's he's probably ten stone dripping wet. Yeah, but he's just got his, his levers, his width is just incredible, unbelievable. You know, and it's just. So if you know if I was starting out again, you know it would just be right. Just hit it as far as you physically can, and then yeah, you will. You know, as your technique improves and your body gets stronger to control it, you'll straighten it out. But just hit it as hard and as far far as you can, because that's what the game is now today, and it will only be um, more and more like that. And I and I assume guys that are maybe coming through amateurs that are starting to come through in the England scene and that kind of thing. They're probably being, they're probably in the gym at 14, 15 years old. We, I was never like, we were never like that. Mm. Yeah. When I played for England with, with Howler and people, you know, we never had like fitness trainers or anything like that. If, if you did have one, you would probably looked at and go, what's wrong with you? 
you know, if you weren't tucking into a full English every morning, you, <laughs> it was, you know, now it's, it's a lot different. Everybody's looking after themselves a lot better, you know, what they're eating. Um, yeah. And just getting physically stronger. And, um, I don't see it changing anytime soon. Well, it um, kind of begs an interesting question. I'm always keen to get people's views on this, but it's where you stand on the equipment debate because those people you're talking about have been brought up on a diet of, you know, you know, you know, max max driver head size, you know, ultimate forgiveness, go at it as hard as you can. Yeah. You were brought up on a diet of, you know, small headed drivers, you know, you need to be able to shot shape, you need to yeah. be able to strike it pure. You can't, you know, you can't miss the middle of the face. How do you yeah. sit there and look at it now and look at things like the distance debate? Uh, it's a tough one, really. You know, where, where you know, where do you go from here? You know, they've probably let it go so far. Um yeah, where do you go? I don't, I don't know. You know. Do you rein the ball back in? You know, you talk about, you know, do you have a ball, a professional ball? So you know, it goes maybe 30% less or something like that. But then you get tournaments like, say, the Open. How can an amateur then qualify for the Open? when he's If he's allowed to use a ball, a normal, say, Titleist Pro V ball, and then... No free ads on the pod. And then, and then he's got to peg a ball up on um, on Thursday that he's never used before. Yeah, it, it's that's that's, unf- he's, that's going to be unfair. He's got no chance. Mm. Um, so, and, and the thing is, you know, with, with guys just getting physically stronger, you know, if you suddenly start making the head smaller, you know, they're, they're going to find a way to, to to get it out there. They are, um, you know, so. You know, when I'm sort of playing and you play with someone that you know hits it a long way and you've got people stood behind you, spectators and what have you, and, and, and they let one go, you hear what they, oh, wow, you know, I wish I could hit a ball like that. You know, they're, they're impressed by it. So you kind of go, well, you know, why are you trying to stop that? Mm. You know, we are trying to, you know, we want to entertain spectators. Of course we do. You know, that's why they're there. We're there to showcase golf and to showcase our skills and to hit the ball a long way is a skill. You know, you've got to be, you've got to be able to physically move that club head very fast to hit the ball a long way. Um, so it is a skill and it's something that everybody can work on. Everybody can be stronger. Everyone can be fitter if they choose to be. Um, so it, it's, it's a real... You know, it's it's a real sort of head scratcher, really. I, I don't know. I honestly, I I think as regards with the driver, I think they've they've kind of they've got it as far as they're going to go. Um, you know, with obviously with drivers, I don't think they could. I don't think you're going to get now a new driver comes out next year and you're going to find that 15 to 20 yards. You know, you're all I bet looking it'll be in the that. marketing though. You know, I, I think yeah, I think you know you you had that maybe 15 years ago. Yeah, when the head sizes went really big and mm. uh, and they were using different materials and that kind of thing, yes, we had that sort of like huge leap in distance. Whereas now, I think you, you I think you'll probably manufacturers are probably looking more aerodynamically to move the, the uh, so the club can move faster, and it's going to come from you know the player himself. Whereas before the club head did a lot with a trampoline effect, that kind of thing. You know, that was a big, big leap forward. So I don't, I don't think you're going to see a huge amount. It changed now. If they said, right, okay, it stays where it is. You know, we're not going to change anything. It's it's basically going to come from uh, the player's physicality, the more the technical side. I think he's just going to get bigger and stronger and move the club head faster rather than, yeah, the club doing a lot of the work as well. Yeah. And and the, the, the games just feels like there's a constant cycle of change. And if it's not the equipment one day or, you know, someone's trying a new move the next, you know, one, yeah. one of the big things obviously recently is the DP World Tour announcement um, mm. and what that means. And, you know, I'm thinking here, you've played at different tours as well throughout your career. I mean, amazingly, you know, I, you know, I think regained your European tour card or re or gained the European tour card five times. Um you know, most recently, 20, 2018, was it? 2019 when yeah, you... 2019, yeah, 2019, 20, I got it back. 2019, getting it back. And, you know, you'll have all the, I guess, the scars from, you know, kind of going spending time at Q School and Challenge Tour and, 
you know, immense resilience through the process. How, how do you look at, you know, DP World Tour and what that means and, you know, what that looks like going into next year? Because, you know, to a certain extent, is there going to be like a bit of a drip down effect, do you think, or will it just bolster the the, the top top money well, in, the, in the top you know, events? I think, Keith, I think Keith has done an unbelievable job over the past two years with the pandemic. Um you know, I think we, we. I think maybe if other people were in charge, we might not have even had a tour. Um, yeah, he's been since he's come on board. Yeah, some of the changes that he's uh, he's made have been. I, I personally, I think it's been fantastic. Okay, there might be some people that disagree, but okay, that's everybody has their own opinion. Um, but to, you know, with DP World coming on as well, um, again, I think it only just it only gives us more strength. And you know, we're, we're up against. <laughs> the uh, US tour, which is just a, an unbelievably huge organization. And we, you know, we struggle to compete with it, you know, because we're playing in so many different countries. And, and, and we have, we go to some countries, say like Czech Republic, where golf is still in its infancy. And so people don't really know about it a huge amount. So how can we go and play there for five, six million dollars? We can't. No one's going to put the money up because they might not get people through the gate. The, the t- you're not going to sell it to the TV um, around the world because um, it, it's just not really a big sport in that country. You know? So mm. we are trying to grow the game you know, around Europe more, around the world. Um, so I, I think he's done a, a fantastic job. Um, yeah, I'm probably not going to maybe see the real rewards of the DP tour. Um, you know, I guess I'm exempt for two more years, you know, hopefully I'm going to go to champions tour end of next year and try and qualify. And, and that's where I see my future. Um, but you know, I will always be, you know, internally grateful to the European tour for what they've done. And, um, you know, it, it's been a fantastic tour to play and it will be in the future. And, you know, we've got some great talent coming through and it's um, it, it's going to be very exciting. And, you know, and, and such a thing with a, a partnership with, with DP World, I, I can only see it being a positive and um, I think it will only, it will only grow from here. And, you know, yeah. I think in five years, I think the European Tour will be a lot bigger than it is now, or I should say DP World. Uh, as we are, but we are still the European tour. I, th- I think it'll be, I think it'll be huge. And I think hopefully we can, you know, compete more with, with America and, 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 and try and hold our better players more in Europe, uh, which is, which has been the hard thing for us. Um, yeah. Especially over the last couple of years where our prize money has really suffered. So guys will go to America. You can't, you can't, you can't criticize them for that. There's more, then there's more world ranking points over there. So you, you can't you can't hold that against them. Um, so hopefully, you know we can attract better fields, get more world ranking points, and and like you say, and then then hold our better players more in Europe. Mm. And you've got you know things like you know the the possibility of a you know a Premier Golf League happening, you know things like Saudi Golf League and what happens there. You know there's going to be. You know, and status is everything as well, isn't it? You know, as a top fifty in the world, Mark. Mm. You know, it's so key, and everything's concentrated around a you know a calendar around the US. I think it is interesting, but one thing that's clear, and it kind of, I think, you know, talked about there. These kids coming out now, it's these guys are coming out as you know professional athletes, and you know, yeah. I think those feeder tours need that. I'm I'm curious because you mentioned that your your exempt status um, for the next two years. You've you've obviously, oh, well, I'm guessing you'll have event number five hundred circled on the calendar in your schedule. Where's that going to be, and what's the next year looking like? I'm trying to really make it at the British Masters. Okay, um, so I think I'm at about four nine two. I think right now. So I'm going to play. Hopefully, if everything goes to plan, I'm going to play about. Uh, four or five in the Middle East. Um, and then um, I was going to play a couple in South Africa, um, but uh, I've just organised uh, a trip with my brother to America. We're going to go play Augusta, end of America. Uh, I've got oh, a friend who's a, yeah, I've nice. got a friend who's a member there. Uh, I've already been to play once um, a few years ago. So I've kind of scratched those two off and I'll probably try and play maybe um, in there's a tournament, I think, in Malaysia or Thailand and then in Japan. So I'll probably play those two and then British Masters 
Liverpool will hopefully be number 500, which I think... That's such an achievement. You know, I think, you know, I think that will be pretty cool. I think, you know, to stand there um, defending champion and, and to play 500, which, yeah, I'll be hugely proud of. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that'll be uh, a nice way to sort of make that one happen if I can. Yeah, that's a hell of an achievement. And you've got the 150th in St Andrews as well. So presumably yes, there's, there's eyes another, on that as well. Yeah, that's another huge thing. Um, yeah, I've not played an Open at St Andrews. I've always wanted to. Uh, so to be able to play the 150th there would be, and especially after hitting the opening tee shot um, at St George's earlier this year. Yeah, um, yeah I wish it all fans. I, I would have preferred it at St Andrews because it's a little bit more of a wider target. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's going to be another huge thrill to play to play an Open at St Andrews. You know, that, that's yeah, that's where if you ever want to win an Open, that's that's where you want to win it. Um, and yeah, I'm already you know already sort of looking forward to that. So uh, yeah, it's going to be an exciting you know twelve months. So what you will, I think the opening tee shots St Andrews strikes the fear of God into most people. It's one of those, yeah. it's too wide. And yeah, then, you know, like you you'd say. You'd be in some it, good company though if you pulled it out of bounds and if you did get that first tee shot, I think, uh, <laughs> is it Baker Finch? And yeah, I think both so, managed yeah. It, so, yeah, but um, yeah, that was, yeah, that was a nerve wracking experience at uh, St George's, I'll give you that. That was, uh, I was probably more nervous over that tee shot as I was over the three footer at the Belfry. But really? um, yeah, that yeah. was, that, that, you know, that was huge. That was, again, you know, something that, you know, when you're waking up on January the 1st, you know, to, to have that honour bestowed on you was just, you know, something you you only dream of. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've got the, you know, I've got photos and I've got the video of it. And, you know, it's, they, yeah, that's, again, just something I remember for the rest of my life. I mean, 2021 is going to go down the calendar, if you know that, as a, a very special year. And um, with only a few days left of it before the next year, all we can do is, I guess, wish you the very best, Richard, for the next season. We'll pull in for you. Um, Thanks. If the British Masters is the 500th as well, that's that's awesome. We're going to be there in yeah. on. But uh, thank you so much for joining the podcast. No we really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, have a great Christmas yeah. and New Year. And yourself. Thanks very much. See you soon. Take care. Watch this.